0: Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yahoo Sports Hockey podcast, Justin Cuthbert on a week, which has essentially served as Austin Matthews' coronation as the game's best player. That is right here and right now, and not at all etched in stone, Oilers fans. Now, I've discussed Matthews and his trophy prospects and how Igor Shastierkin compares plenty on this podcast. So I'm just going to say this on the subject. Enjoy this moment, Leaf fans. This may be the single most dominant stretch of hockey from an individual player that you will see in your lifetime. Two Leafs in history have won the Hart Trophy and not since Teeter Kennedy in 1955, 67 years ago. These things don't just come around. So I understand that there are red flags. I understand that it doesn't matter until the postseason. I understand that goals are coming into your net just as fast as Matthews is scoring them. I get all that. But you can't let the season pass without savoring it. You can't. You shouldn't. You won't. All right, let's 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 dive a little deeper on the Leafs, who clearly need a defenseman, but could also use a goaltender, but also might commit themselves to one thing and one thing only, and that's adding a forward and elevating their top six to levels we can't even imagine. I guess it's all still up in the air. Here's what I'll say about that. I think the Leafs have one bullet to spend. So while I believe that the priority should be targeting the best possible defenseman, you also have to consider targeting a team that has something valuable to package with that defenseman. Could they complete a mega deal with, say, the Chicago Blackhawks who have Marc-Andre Fleury and Connor Murphy and Brennan Hagel as candidates? That would be checking off every box. And that would be the sort of thing that's in, that's worth, excuse me, investing a first-round pick in Nick Robertson and maybe a second and third while you're at it. Who knows? A one-stop shop, yes, that would blow through your reserve in terms of draft capital, but it would also address every issue and not leave you thinking, hey, why didn't they address that? Of course, that's what they tried last season was checking off every box, but the strategy was different than the one-stop shop um, proposal that I'm putting out there. We saw Kyle Dubas spend a first round pick there on Nick Felino, and a third round pick there on David Rittich and a couple other picks in different spots to continue building around the margins. And of course, all that didn't accomplish anything. But even then, like, it might have to be that big deal because the window's open, but there are clear deficiencies with this team. Jake Muzzin's still out, Jack Campbell's now out, and Peter Morazic is struggling. The problems on the defense core and in net are clear. So how is Kyle Dubas going to address all that? I also see a big move in the Penguins' future. Now, like the Leafs, the Penguins are in no position to spend futures assets. In fact, they're kind of in a worse spot. Over the past decade plus, where they have been so, so competitive, they have largely ignored that side of things. They continue to build and build and spend and spend in an effort to surround Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin with as much talent as possible. But things have changed a little bit in recent seasons. Uh, they brought Ron Hextall, and by things I mean priorities. They brought in Ron Hextall, who was supposed to remedy all that, to restock the cupboards. But he was also charged with tasking, or with managing rather, the final few seasons of Sidney Crosby and the immediate future and the very brief and fleeting future of Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, and maybe Brian Rust. This is maybe the last season with the core that led that mini dynasty in the mid 2010s and managing those years comes with responsibility and some sort of, I guess, dedication to those guys doing right by them, I guess is the proper term. In a different world, though, the Penguins are staging the fire sale to end all fire sales, right? They are trading Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang and Brian Russ because they don't have that last year or that last run in front of them because they're not a good hockey team. The Penguins are the destination for buyers looking to bring in assets ahead of the deadline. And that 10 days, two weeks, two months, however long it lasts, would have been what restocked the cupboards for Ron Hextall. But this current world is that, well, the Penguins are one of the league's best teams. Simply put, top 10 at least. And Ron Hextel owes it to the core. Again, that led a mini-dynasty to take one last legitimate and genuine run at it, which means spending futures assets. As for what they need to do to ensure that they have the best possible shot of winning another Stanley Cup, it would be four in Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin's tenure in Pittsburgh. There's an argument for them being the most aggressive team in pursuit of a forward. JT Miller, Philip Forsberg, Thomas hurdle, Ricard Raquel, all names that would be out there and would cost varying varying degrees of prospect capital and draft capital. It's gotta be a, it's gotta be a winger though. It's gotta be someone who could play the wing. the biggest winger on the market should end up in Pittsburgh. That's because Sid Gino, Jeff Carter, They have the middle of the ice on lock and guys like Passberry Kapanen and Jason Zucker, guys who've been brought in to fill these roles in previous seasons, they just haven't been able to get it done. There is a world where Pittsburgh is one major move away in a season in which Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, and Brian Ross could each walk away in free agency. You have to go for it if you're Pittsburgh. You have to go for it if you're Brian Burke and Ron Hextall. You stock the cupboards another day. A potential jewel at the deadline could be Ottawa's Anton Forsberg. He's been the single most powerful force for the Senators in establishing some measure of credibility this year. They've been okay. His 920 save percentage, 921 actually, his 921 save percentage, is top 10 among qualified starters. And his numbers are even better when adjusting for shot quality because, of course, Things aren't exactly Fort Knox in Ottawa, and yet, despite being this positive influence, he doesn't have a future with the Senators. At least we don't think. That's because they've got Matt Murray two more years at six plus million dollars, and they've got a prospect named Philip Gustafson who is on a one-year deal next or a one-way deal next year, which means in order for him to be in the minor leagues, he has to be paid like an NHLer. And who's asking Eugene Melnick to do that? So Forsberg, the journeyman, is probably expendable as a pending unrestricted free agent and a player that makes less than $1 million. Intriguing for many teams looking for uh, looking to add goaltending because guess what? Marc-Andre Fleury is a little bit more difficult to add at $7 million and with a no-movement clause. There's a lot of teams looking for goaltending, and the solution might be right there. It might be that easy, less than a million dollars. That is if that team believes that the 29-year-old Forsberg, who was claimed on waivers a million times it felt last year because no one really had a permanent spot for him. If you believe he's found something in his game, and it looks like he has, maybe he's the guy. Last thing here before we move to a betting tip and the power five. Uh, someone needs to take the power away from Chuck Fletcher. The Philadelphia Flyers general manager signed Rasmus Ristolainen to a contract extension on Thursday. Rasmus Ristolainen, he of Buffalo Savers fame or infamy, was acquired for a first round pick, 14th overall last summer. And after another bad season, another failed season, another failed season, Uh, at both the individual and team level. This is a player who has never played in the playoffs in nine seasons, has never had a positive goal or shot attempt share in nine seasons, and has declining offensive numbers. And yet $25 million over five years was just added to his personal bank account ledger. That makes sense. With Ristolainen, the top four in Philly, which is not doing a great job, clearly. Team is non-competitive. Uh, are locked in for a bit. And Ristolainen and and Ryan Ellis in particular locked up through 2027 while taking up over $11 million on the salary cap. The Philadelphia Flyers are clearly a team that needs to be torn down, and yet they continue to add questionable assets on long-term deals. Ryan Ellis should be better. Dealt with injury all year, but he's going to be 37 at the end of that deal wrist and at least it's his prime or what we thought it was going to be his prime but he's already nine years into his career five more years so it'll be 14 years i wonder if he gets a playoff game in okay let's go to that betting tip now if you look at the futures markets trophy races that was all that was all the rage this week talking about all these uh, and for that reason, a lot of the prices have gotten steamed. Austin Matthews is now the favorite to win the Hart. Igor Shestirkin can, you cannot make money on uh, when considering the Vesna Trophy. Kale McCarr Carr has all but won the Calder, although I kind of think Victor Hedman still has a chance. Jack Adams probably going to Daryl Sutter. All the individual stuff pretty much accounted for. The President's Trophy race, though, remains in- interesting. And I think Carolina has been overlooked in that race. They're plus 650 now, the fourth best odds. And they could, by the end of the night, this being Thursday, have the best record by points percentage in the entire NHL. They are hosting the Colorado Avalanche. If they win, they will have a better record than the Avalanche. About 20 games, 25 games remaining for both teams. If you're looking for something to make the last two months or last month and a half interesting... Carolina at 650 to win the president's trophy. Maybe worth a look. Okay. Let's do the power five where I run down the best five teams in the NHL right now, adjudged by me. Uh, And we'll start with the Tampa Bay lightning only three and two in their last five games. And it's been sort of a light schedule for them. They have a massive game versus the number four team on this list, the Calgary flames. Uh, But this is kind of a little bit more of what we'd expect. I thought at least coming into the season from Tampa where they don't have to win four and a half out of every five games, or at least it seems that's what they've been doing all year. Uh, Maybe this is the time where they lock it into cruise control as they are one of four teams who have already locked up their postseason positions unofficially in the Atlantic division. Number four, as I mentioned, well, the Flames. Uh, Unbelievable game from the Flames at Avalanche on Saturday night. Possible Western Conference preview. Western Conference final preview. It is cherry picking, and it bugs me to say it, but these guys look like the 2010 Kings or 2010s Kings, and of course Daryl Sutter coached that team, coaches this team. Um, Straight lines, hockey played in straight lines. Who would have thought that would be effective? Number three, the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, They've, they've, you know, they haven't been as dominant the last bit. Five of the last six wins have been of the one goal variety. I'm not sure that's good or bad. You can spin it any way you like it. Self-serving explanation for whether that's a good thing or bad thing. Is it good that they're finding a way to win tight games, playoff-style games? Sure. Is it bad that the margins aren't as extreme for a team that was racking up such a positive goal differential for, for the first four months of the season? Perhaps. Still think they're pretty good, though. Number two, the Florida Panthers, they slept walked, slept walked, sleep walked. Either one of those apply through the Buffalo game this week, still blow the doors off the Sabres. And maybe they were looking forward to the next night because they had arrested Pittsburgh Penguins team uh, on the second half of that back to back and they beat them too. So Panthers, they pass tests continuously over and over and over again. And they continue to lead in the Atlantic division. The number one team though, In the NHL is the Colorado Avalanche. Running out of things to say, right? Great team. Could have seven, eight players that hit 60, 65, 70 points. Uh, The numbers, from a team standpoint, collectively, they score five goals a night. They are unbelievably talented. And the numbers they're putting up are just silly. Heritage Classic goes this weekend. I will be there, and it's Sunday. So Julian and I are going to be recording Monday this week. That is just a programming note. So check back on Tuesday morning or Monday night for a new podcast. We will break down everything from the weekend and the week ahead before zone time next week. It's all coming up with about 10, 11 days to go until the NHL's trade deadline here on the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast.